Welcome to the awesome pod mix. You are listening to Abby. The idea behind this podcast was to talk about how certain movies and TV shows made me feel when I watched them for the very first time. A reputed filmmaker once said, "When a piece of art invokes a similar feeling amidst a large audience, it's the triumph of the filmmaker. That's the magic of cinema. I love the magic of cinema." Today, I'll be talking about the second episode of Marvel Studios' She-Hulk: Attorney at Law. Whether Marvel creates movies or TV shows, they are all cinematic. This episode's title is Superhuman Law, written by Jessica Gao and directed by Kat Koiro. It's the fourth series to have a Kevin Feige production credit after Hawkeye, Moon Knight, and Ms. Marvel. The episode begins with KVPK15 action news showing sketches from Metropolitan Courthouse. The anchor informs that superpowered influencer Titania caused panic. The ticker reads Titania in custody after courtroom brawl. We then see news Los Angeles now. The ticker reads courtroom catastrophe. Titania's lawyers say entire incident was an unfortunate misunderstanding and the result of an extreme case of blood sugar. The anchor reveals Jennifer Walters was responsible for stopping the rampage. KYZO12 anchor says members of the jury are calling Jennifer a hero for saving lives. The eyewitness calls her a chick hulk and the reporter corrects him by saying you mean she hulk at legally's bar and grill. People are cheering for she hulk. Jen is upset because she feels she can't exist without being a derivative of the Hulk. Dennis accuses Jen for using her superpowers to drum up her publicity. He wants to know how Jen got her powers. Why should she tell you, Dennis? Jen is not comfortable talking about it. Dennis says and I quote, "There's a hot chick over there. I'm going to talk to it." It really Dennis, women and people who identify as women are not objects for you to refer to them as it. I really want to punch Dennis in the face. Nikki gets drinks to their table and informs Jen that some guys brought her drinks because she is a superhero. Jen didn't go to law school to be a vigilante. That's for billionaires and narcissists and adult orphans for some reason. That's a template for most superhero characters. Let's see which of the MCU characters fall in one or all of these categories. Tony Stark, billionaire narcissist orphan. Steve, orphan. Natasha, orphan. Clint, orphan. Thor, billionaire because of the golden castles, narcissist and now orphan. Wanda, orphan. Doctor Strange, narcissist. He was rich at one point. There was some story about his sister Donna drowning when they were kids which propelled him to become a neurosurgeon. Peter Parker, orphan. Peter Quill, orphan. Bucky Barnes, orphan. Jane Foster, orphan. Gamora, orphan. Nebula, orphan. Rocket, orphan. Mantis, orphan. Carol Danvers. We've only seen her abusive father, so I'm guessing orphan. Monica Rambeau, orphan. Matt Murdock slash Daredevil, orphan. Shang-Chi, billionaire because his dad was a billionaire and now orphan. Mark Spector, orphan. Layla, orphan. Bruno Carelli, orphan. Damn, it's so sad. I'm sorry to inform you, Jen. The Avengers do not get paid. They work on goodwill. Tony must have set some funds aside for their healthcare. Jen's boss fires her because GLKH declared their case a mistrial. Jen saved the jury's lives, and the jury was then biased in her favor. The boss acknowledges that she did the right thing, but it unraveled their case. This makes her a liability for the DA's office, and that's why she gets fired. See, 
No good deed goes unpunished. The title appears, She-Hulk, Attorney at Law. And the text changes to, She-Hulk, Attorney for Hire. Bruce leaves a message for Jen. In a time-lapse shot, we see Jen being rejected from law firm after law firm. Her search continues when Nikki comes over to her house. Nikki says, Gigi and T might be hiring. Jen is looking at a web portal under the subsection Insanity. The other subsections are Fun, Movies, Find Ant-Man, Cars, Norse Mythology, Avengers, Insanity, and World. The article is titled 10 Offbeat Jobs for a Fresh Start. It has a QR code that leads to the first issue of 2004, She-Hulk. Under Iron Man 3's Air Jordan-like shoes ad, there are three headlines of related articles which read as follows. Man fights with metal claws in a bar brawl. Is it Wolverine? Why there is a giant statue of a man sticking out of the ocean. Celestial Tiamat. Scientists discover Dash inside. I wonder what the scientists discovered. Jen receives a text from her mom that reads, Don't be late for dinner. The wallpaper is America's ass. I want that wallpaper on my phone. At Walter's house, Jen brings a pie and meets her parents. Jen's mom doesn't want Jen to have sugar as it's not good for her or her waistline. We meet Ched who's definitely not a genius. It turns out Bruce was being sarcastic. Jen's mom gives some coffee guy Yusuf her number. I know another Yusuf, Kamala's dad. Jen's dad Morris asks about Hawkeye's arrows. Yes, Mr. Walters, Hawkeye does go around collecting his arrows. Morris excuses himself along with Jen to check if Jen is okay. Jen is now at the legalese bar, drowning her sorrows in alcohol. Ali McBeal is playing on TV when Holloway offers Jen a job heading the new law division. Jen accepts because she needs a job. On Monday, Jen learns that she needs to head the superhuman law division and they want She-Hulk to be the face of it. Jen is qualified for sure, but still, it's awkward. One of the cabins in the law firm have comic books on its shelves. If you want to know which comic books are on those shelves, you should check Ryan Ari's Easter egg breakdown on his YouTube channel, Screen Crush. He's an expert. Nikki is thrilled about the new office. The GLKH logo is reminiscent of the Boston legal title card. Pug, a member of the Superhuman Law Division, greets Jen and Nikki with a welcome basket, which includes a map of the office marking the way to the best bathroom. I call it creepy. Holloway assigns Jen her first case. The camera tracks in and Holloway says, Jen's case is regarding the parole of Emil Blonsky. Jen reveals she has a conflict of interest because the man tried to kill her cousin Bruce. Blonsky has signed a conflict waiver. Jen is still reluctant. Holloway gives Jen an ultimatum. If Jen doesn't fight the case, she won't have a job. Is this why they hired her? To show that she is a Hulk and a working professional. If Jen and Bruce are able to do so, Blonsky deserves a second chance. Jen visits the DODC Supermax prison to meet her client Blonsky. The guard gives her instructions like in The Silence of the Lambs. Jen even responds like Sir Anthony Hopkins in the movie. We are reintroduced to Emil Blonsky, Russian-born, British-raised, Royal Marine Commando, on loan to the US government. The most unbelievable part is the seven soulmates he met through the prison pen pal program. Reminds me of an episode from the TV show The Flight Attendant, 
where Cassie's ex, Buckley Ware, had befriended a woman named Jenny through letters played by Jesse Ennis. Even she is brainwashed into thinking that they are soulmates. Blonsky must be a wordsmith for his haikus to work on people like this. Blonsky makes his case that he tried to kill Bruce because he had orders from the government. They gave him the super soldier serum. He thought he was going to be Captain Bloody America. That's not the whole truth and we all know it. When Blonsky says, I thought I was the good guy. Well, all villains believe they are the good guys. Blonsky thinks Bruce got a chance to be a hero while he was behind bars. So that's not justice. Jen says she'll think about whether she wants to take up the case. Jen calls up Bruce to check if he'll be comfortable with Jen taking up Blonsky's case. Blonsky's letter and a heartfelt haiku made Bruce forgive him. So they put everything behind them. The haiku worked on Bruce. I can't believe it. Bruce says, the fight was so many years ago, I'm a completely different person now. Literally, this right here is comedy gold. Mark Ruffalo dropping meta-truth bombs in the show? Priceless. Edward Norton played Bruce Banner in The Incredible Hulk, and they replaced him with Mark Ruffalo in The Avengers. Bruce inquires what they ended up naming her and learns it's She-Hulk. Bruce says the title of the show, She-Hulk, Attorney at Law. When the camera tracks back, we realize that Bruce is aboard the Sakaran courier craft. The phone disconnects. Jen calls Holloway to accept the case as all personal complications are resolved. Holloway asks her to check the news. Channel KDAJ10 reveals about the leaked footage of Abomination fighting in the underground fight club. The footage shows Blonsky fighting as Abomination with Wong in the Golden Daggers Club Macau. From the movie Shang-Chi and the Legend of Ten Rings, Jen says, Oh, that sucks. For Jen, yes, it does suck. But we'll get to see Wong in the next episode. We'll finally get an explanation after a year. So yay! Keep your book of Vishanti's ready for next week. post credit scene. Jen Hulk is helping her folks at home, lifting cars and water cans and setting up the TV. You can listen to the awesome pod mix and subscribe to it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music and Google Podcasts. If you like what I'm doing, I'll soon be launching the awesome pod mix page on Patreon and you can support me there. Thanks for listening.